The medical information communicated in this podcast is of a general educational nature. If you are feeling unwell, please seek the attention of a medical practitioner. Any advertisements promoted throughout the podcast are not endorsed by the presenter or any of the guests interviewed. Hi there, welcome to MediTalk, a medical podcast talking all things medical in a way that you can understand. You're with Danae. Increasingly, studies are highlighting what we eat matters. So what are the foods that support our reproductive system in both men and women? Today on MediTalk, we speak with Dr. Jude Teo, a Perth-based specialist in fertility, obstetrics and gynaecology, to talk about what we should be eating to increase our chances of conceiving and help us to have healthy pregnancies. So can you share with us your personal story about conceiving your daughter, Eva? Right. Uh, to start with, my daughter is now eight years old. She's uh, pretty healthy, uh, quite cheeky. Um, yeah, the pregnancy journey is, uh, is an eventful one, so-called, uh, you know, all the problems you learn from textbook when I was a student and you do kind of, uh, we experienced it personally. So to start with, we had to go through fertility treatment, um, i.e. IVF ICSI. We're lucky, uh, first round, we did get pregnant. She did get pregnant. And then, uh, you know, in, during stimulation, usually um, the ovaries got a bit bigger. So rare occasion where you can, the ovaries can, when they get a bit heavy, they can twist itself, cause torsion. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, my wife, you know, when she got pregnant, we learned that she was pregnant. That time I went through surgery myself. I had um, this knee injury that needed surgery. So I thought, look, let's do the surgery. And, you know, I thought, look, IVF, I've seen before and it should be a journey we could cope with it. Mm-hmm. But a few days after I had my surgery, one morning my wife woke up with extreme pain on the tummy. So in my mind, I thought, look, you know, you just click, look, torsion, torsion, the ovaries is going to twist because she vomited, she was rolling on the floor. We called ambulance and went to hospital. She stayed in for a few days. Um, yeah, but, you know, we just kept an eye. And often you, you might thought, look, it's early pregnancy, is precious, try not to operate. You're not sure about the... The, you know, the diagnosis, what's the problem there? No, no one was 100% sure. But after a few days, it was clear she was getting quite unwell. To be honest, at times, you know, mentally thought, look, um, who cares about the pregnancy? I just want my wife to be well mm. and safe. Mm. That's number one. Mm. And eventually, cut the story short, she went to theatre, they removed one of her ovary. Um, and, uh, but yeah, you know, we just had to accept what it was. Mm. Um, but, you know, luckily, um, we were blessed. Um, you know, a few days later, we started to see the heartbeat after the operation. It was a surprise. We thought, look, it's going to be gone. You know, she was so unwell for a few days. And the pregnancy itself, there was, uh, you know, a little bit more problems there. She got on and off, kept bleeding. So we were monitoring the pregnancy. Her blood sugar was a bit high. Placenta was low. So as mentioned, all the textbook. But cut the story short, we showed it, you know, we, we, uh, we went on. We kept going until, uh, you know, until term and uh, delivered a beautiful baby, which is a miracle for me, you know, for yeah. us, actually. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. And I see um, beautiful Eva in all of your videos and, uh, and she is gorgeous. So definitely persevering and going through that uh, long journey is you've been through it yourself, so you know what it's like for your patients. In your book, you talk mm. about the first thousand days of life of from conception to a child's second birthday as being very important. Mm. Why is that so? Um, 
whatever it's, it's called programming you know what we are experiencing especially du- during childhood they are quite moldable so uh, what babies uh, experience even starting from inside the womb in the first few years of life and what would affect how they cope with later on in in life and there are research in this area psychologically mentally physically um, it does involve not even the whole life of the person but also the generations to come wow. for example what we expose even as a baby in the womb you know one typical example smoking and such so basically coping with that environment there are certain genes like a light switch being switched on and off to program how babies going to cope with that environment and that coding sometimes can be, can be even passed on for future generations um let alone the you know how the baby the, the person will responds to the environment in the future so that first few years ideally we want a, you know a good environment and that has been shown good diet good lifestyle first few years the baby got a good environment uh, well nourished um you know feel safe and protected and that kind of create a somehow favorable mm-hmm. um and coping mechanism when they are grow older through their whole life and future. So um essentially you what you're saying is that it can also um help with a child's resilience long yes. term. Yes, yes, essentially you know how do you cope with illness and things for example inflammatory response, allergy and things like oh. that, illnesses. So uh, yeah, the healthier the better environment it is, then somehow you know the 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 resilient and the resistance to illness and even even uh intelligence uh mature you know mental capability and such has been shown to actually there is a that's influence from even the earlier stage and actually is very important stage of life what is the evidence showing that link between diet just diet and fertility mm. Fertility for me is kind of a continuum, you know, you try and get pregnant and it start from, you know, even before pregnancy you have good sperms and good eggs and mm. such. So, um to keep it simple, if we are healthy, we feel safe, we are confident and mentally, you know, we are coping and such, then you tend to create better environment for a woman to be in the womb, you know, that mm. the area will be more favorable. And also uh, for of course for men and women it create better sperms and eggs and that itself is a very good start. And uh and many factors involved including, you know, what we do in life. We just talk about diet, how we eat, um our weight and things like exercise. So it does affect from, you know, it's continuum to when you get pregnant and we keep going essentially is the environment. And then what are the major causes of infertility that you see not only in your clinic but mm. in the research? Uh basically what we think broadly speaking of course they are um there are things that we can test um with the current technology. You know broadly speaking it be one third from women, one third from men. and one that is unexplained so i go to, you know i'll talk through them briefly each uh, for each one of them so uh, the one that for women you can range from not ovulating for example polycystic ovarian syndrome they tend to you know they may not be ovulating regularly and the thing about the womb is anything physically affecting the the environment like you know some patients may have fibroid or polyp or endometriosis or anything can affect the environment of course the tubes has to be working for natural conception to happen um to get pregnant naturally because in you know, the tubes access as a passage way to bring the sperm to the egg kind of 
broadly speaking, you know, those are kind of the reasons we can look at, we can see, we can detect. Mm -hmm. And one third for men, you know, men's sperms, we look at um, how many sperms, how do they swim, whether there's any antibodies, people look at DNAs as well, how do they look like, the shape. So the health, sperm health, and there is there are certain links between sperm health, as we can understand, you know, like affecting the chance of getting pregnant. And one third of, of unexplained, so they ask you many things we don't understand. For example, you know, even in the area of placenta immunology or so-called reproductive immunology. So there are cells, and people talk about NK cells in the womb, natural killer cells mm -hmm. in the womb, how does it affect pregnancy? Patients with thrombophilia, where the blood's a bit thicker, they may have antibodies or the mechanism that can affect pregnancies. So what we know, if you're talking about solid science, how much we know really is very little. Mm -hmm. It's not even one third or, you know, we, we just know some of it. And of course, people discuss what kind of treatment on this is another topic, but mm. you know, in this area, what can we improve fertility? But yeah, as mentioned, broadly speaking, this is a three, you know, women, men, and unexplained, and some a combination of different factors. Okay. And then how would then a couple improve their chances of conception? So perhaps they've come and seen you. What mm. sort of advice that they can then action in their lifestyle, mm. in their diet? I would say, look, there's no magic in it. Uh, stay healthy. Certainly in eat healthily, if you have a good diet, good exercise, you know, you manage your, your job, work-life balance, you get good sleep. So that's a very good start. Um, certainly if, uh, well, of course, we look at other things, you know, like do we have to look, you know, is the weight in ideal range? Mm. How much time we have if you're taking into account um, age for the couple, men and women. Women's more important, but men is affected as well. So uh, you take that into consideration to say, look, how much time we have. And people talk about, you know, how often they need to have uh, mm. intercourse, have sex. Um, so those things you kind of generally look into and each, each of them you have specific kind of advice. But generally speaking, I'll tell them, look, stay healthy and you have sex two or three times a week. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, most of the time, if you, you cover those areas, then give it some time. If we still have time, mm -hmm. then many of them can potentially get pregnant naturally. Okay. And then are there particular food groups and vitamins that would significantly increase your fertility? There are research into different groups per se, like what kind of vitamins, what kind of fat, what kind of uh, minerals do we need? And um, we don't have definite answer for all of them. Um, or you can say, look at food group, you know, mm. what kind of group of food do we think look, is, is good for fertility and such. Um, my book recently is based on, it's called Mediterranean Diet. So essentially we know those are healthier diet, they got good fat in it. Get mm. veggie laden, basically, you know, uh, lots of antioxidants, vegetables, and they go for high quality, unprocessed. When I mean high quality, quality, it's not expensive. Essentially, it's fresh, unprocessed, mm. lean meat. So, um, you know, give us all the good protein that we need. So, um, if yeah, if you ask me what kind of food, I say, look, you go for healthy food. Your body is healthier. Back to what I've talked, what, what we have talked about early on. If you're healthy, your body got all the vitamins and everything you need. Then um, 
then you know you tend to create better environment, better sperms and eggs. Of course, if there are certain conditions you are lacking in uh, certain vitamins or anything or iron or anything, then you know something to look at. Where in specific cases you want to see a doctor to discuss about it. Yeah, and then uh, what f- particular fats should women be incorporating into their diet that are a healthy fat? That sure. we should be eating more of, because we tend to sort of we. I think we've been conditioned as a society, to sort of mm. fat-free, fat, you know, less mm. fat, and we are quite drawn to those foods, thinking sure. that they're better for us. But yeah. what are the healthy fats that we should be incorporating into our into our diets? When when you talk about fat, you know, like yeah, ideally, as you know, I thought when uh, when in the past I didn't pay much attention to diet. I thought, oh, fat is you know, we talk about meat fat and such, but essentially they are good fat and not so good, or in fact, bad fat. So uh, the uh, you know what we get from like fatty food, red meat. Uh, or even trans fat. Trans fat mm. is those like you process the fat, make it a bit solid. Like you know, even vegetables, oil, but you process them to make them really solid. Like what we get in certain food, like margarine and some mm. processed food and such. Or you know, the processed food we get loads of them got trans fat. So the, those are bad fat, and um, and there are you know suggestions that say look, to bad fat actually is not helping our body um, in infertility and general health. But if you look at good fat, is fat that we get in monounsaturated fat. We get in olive oil, nuts, avocado. Um, those are good fat actually, and with with a you know with kind of a good amount, uh, well moderate. Everything is is in balance. We got a good amount of good fat. Actually, is very good for our health. Omega is one of the fat. You know, mm. so um, so it's almost like natural fats are good for us, but the fats that are manufactured maybe not so much. Yeah, manufactured definitely. Uh, we say we. We, if we can avoid that, um, and uh, yeah, in red meat, all those fat, it's not helpful as well. But mm. the good fat, we should focus on take some of those fat actually. So the Mediterranean diet, when you go to Italy, the olive yeah. oils, the, all those. Uh, yes, olive oil, the, avocado, the natural from plant-based and plant things based. like that. Okay, yeah. and then what about if we're on a low-fat, low-carb, mm. vegan, vegetarian diet? You know, we're eating so many different diets nowadays. Yeah. Particularly, vegan diets tend to yeah. be quite popular at the moment. How does that affect one's fertility? I think at the end, you know, um, if it's your lifestyle, if it's for any reasons, belief or religion, then then it's fine. Mm. We, but certainly if you focus on very specific type of diet, I'm, you know, what I'm worried is you're missing some of the important elements. So if you, you know, for example, when we talk about Mediterranean, Mediterranean diet, the, the plate, you look at there'll be lots of, uh, you know, veggie laden. Mm. Then you got whole grain, um, and then you get legumes, and you get you know you get fish, you got lean meat, so it's it's a mixture of you get your vitamins and and uh, the minerals that you need from those, I would say a bit more balanced, mm. rather than only you know like you avoid something altogether. Mm. And as for example, uh, some pregnant women, you know, when they come to see me, they say, look, yeah, the iron's really low and such. I say, look, you know, you might need a bit of red meat, not too much. I'm not saying stuff yourself with red meat. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, you know, once every fortnight or a week, go for red meat. So that can build up a little bit of iron. So it's all about balancing. Also, see what you, you know, you, you look at the patients personalized as well. But generally, a balanced, yeah, kind of vegetarian base with good quality protein in it. 
Can you supplement, is that when there could be a case for supplementation with a vitamin? So if you were low iron, mm. that you might take a, an iron supplement? Sure, yeah. In, in fact, in, you know, uh, if you look at Opsangani, general recommendation would say iron is good, vitamin D is good, folic acid is very important. So um, for my patients, I work with some natural paths. So actually what we eat does affect our baby. And there are research actually showing, as mentioned, from fertility, as mentioned, the continuum from fertility or trying to get pregnant point of view. You know, if you go for a Mediterranean diet, healthy diet, you tend to fall pregnant a bit better. People look at sperm, sperm's quality is a bit better compared to people who reported their diets more into fast food and processed food and such. So there are differences. Even when you're getting pregnant, you know, um, if healthy diet, um, there are less complications, for example, diabetes, gestational diabetes, diabetes in pregnancy, there are reports that good diet may have, uh, you know, helped to lower the chance of getting preeclampsia, less chance of baby getting cesarean sections. Those are immediate results we will see straight away. How about longer term? And uh, as mentioned, you know, if you give this baby, nourish this baby with good diet and good good. Uh, good minerals and vitamins and such, then that could help baby to um, physically and mentally and uh, in intelligence, they, they would, you know, they would mm. optimise it at least. So yeah. it does affect a, a baby's brain development? It does, it does. So healthy diet, you know, um, in, in pregnancy, then, you know, there are reports that, um, well, it can be directly or indirectly, you know, directly, means that could be due to diet itself. Indirectly, if you don't have problems in pregnancy, you tend to have a more straightforward pregnancy, less chance of baby being delivered earlier in pregnancy or anything, then that indirectly that does affect baby's development in the future as well. And then in your book, you talk about a mod-med diet. Hmm. How do you define that? We modify a little bit because Mediterranean diet, they have a little bit of, uh, they, they have alcohol in it. Hmm. So, you know, uh, based on when you're trying to get pregnant or when you're pregnant. Certainly when you're pregnant, say don't take any alcohol. So certain elements need to change a little bit rather than the standard Mediterranean diet being described in research. And also certain things, we, you know, we thought, look, eggs, eggs has got good nutritious um, ingredients inside. So we, we change a little bit, but the major... The, the major elements still the same, still very much the same as Mediterranean diet. Okay. And then what shouldn't you eat when you're pregnant? Apart from you, you hear about you, you shouldn't have soft cheeses. Yes. But are there other foods that really you should avoid when you're pregnant or trying to conceive? Yeah, on top of my head, a few things we're worried about. Um, I would say avoid, avoid liver because they have too high vitamin A. Vitamin A, as we know, is one of the vitamins that is harmful to pregnancy. So avoid awful and liver especially. We talk about, worry about infection, which is list, mainly listeriosis and tosoplasmosis. So you can get infection in, in you know, in, in for us may not cause a major problem, but it can, but not always. But in pregnancy, sometimes can affect baby. So like say soft cheeses, uncooked meat and such. The other thing we want to talk about is mercury. So, it, you know, in, in Mediterranean diet, omega is a good source of fat for, 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 for pregnancy, for fertility. So we can get that in the fatty fish, uh, like uh, salmon and such. And certainly good proportion is good, but, we, you know, we have to balance against uh, the contamination with mercury. So, you know, if you go for fatty 
fish, I would say uh, you want to take twice a week, but not much more than that because you worry about overloaded with mercury. And certain fish like swordfish and sharks, they, they have very high mercury levels, so don't eat at all in pregnancy. How did you incorporate living a healthy and eating a healthy diet and, and exercise? Because it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, this is one of the things we looked at in the past when, you know, when we were trying to get pregnant. I wrote in my book initially, we were all busy, even doctors, you know, hey, who cares? We were busy looking after other people. We went for fast food and such. But after a while that you realize actually it's not sustainable. It's, well, it's not the best long, longer term. So to prepare, uh, there are a few tricks you do, you know, um, go for, aim for, as mentioned, fresh. Start with the ingredient. Something, you know, in your mind when you go shopping, okay, you know, you want to get some fresh herbs, you can keep in the house mm. or dry herbs rather, fresh or dry. Um, and then uh, you learn a few basics of cooking and then you aim for fresh food, you know, um, like fresh vegetables, fruits, and uh, even healthy, high quality meat, come back to lean meat. And well, occasionally you can have you know, unprocessed meat, but red meat is fine, unprocessed, but mainly focus on lean meat, seafood. So if you're busy, you can, you know, shortcut a little bit, i.e., you know, rather than get a whole chicken, get diced chicken, the, the fillet and such, mm. or fish, you know, all well fillet, at least to save 10 minutes of cleaning and cutting mm. and such. And then, yeah, you know, simple cooking technique, you know, like quick frying or make use of an oven and get prepare things briefly with, a, you know, simple ingredients, simple herbs, and come home and put them in the oven and such. So you learn the, um, learn the basic cooking, but essentially when you have uh, you know, a few good herbs that you like. Mm. You can you can twist it the way you like it, and you get fresh ing- ingredients. You don't need to have a like master chef cooking the whole hours. <laughs> you know, you just yes. okay. What I'm gonna do it? You pan mix everything, pan fry in one go, or and uh, and or using using the oven. Yeah, you know. and I must admit, I made some of your pesto, yeah. and it, it was quite useful because you make yeah. a fair bit, and then you can yeah. just use it you on can, yeah. lots of different dishes yeah, and salads and things like that. So, it's so really there are different diff- little tricks that you. You learn, yeah, yeah. and incorporated into the pesto is lots of ingredients, lots of herbs. Absolutely, and, you know, yeah. So we look at the ingredients way. when yeah. we made up the uh, recipes. Yeah, so you hear about women getting lots of cravings mm. uh, during pregnancy. Can you stop those cravings? <laughs> How can you curb them? What's the advice you give? Yeah, a pregnancy does change the. Uh, eating habits, so-called, of a person, uh, more so for some than the others. A sad reason, we don't know how, you know, which pathway or which way it affects, but, you know, change of change of uh, hormones and you have a little person to look after and that does change how we, if, even the sense of taste, smell and things, there are many reports that say, look, you know, they get heightened sense of smell or taste and such. And that could work whether you're craving for food or can't stand certain sensories like food or smell and such. So, yeah, there are reports of baby, uh, women, pregnant mums-to-be do crave for certain food and such. Um, try to gear yourself towards healthier food. You know, when, when you crave, you know, I think when you're pregnant or not, and the thing is if you understand yourself a bit more, then you might find a way to turn it to a more positive experience and outcome. For example, number one, if you're hungry, you know, like to think, look, am I really hungry? And sometimes there are too many things sitting at home. You're just bored. You thought, look, I just need to munch something. I got nothing to do and such. Or you're too busy. You thought it's good resting times to eat. 
but try to replace that with something else like you know like uh, interacting with family members with the pets or something or a bit of walking and such to say look am i real do i really need to eat if you don't need to eat especially not so healthy food secondly sometimes we can confuse thirst with food as well you know drink a bit of clear water or a bit a bit of a flavored water and things like that would that help and thirdly if you're really hungry then prepare um, fresh uh, healthy ingredients at home and with a good proportion actually that's better than getting some you know processed food and such as explained by dr Tio, although our days are getting busier and finding time to organize meals can be difficult if you can try to eat a more moderated mediterranean based diet as outlined in his book which is full of vegetables and fruits, herbs and some lean meats, studies have shown that it can significantly increase the fertility of men and women, but more positively affect the development of a growing baby and a child's health well into their future. A big thank you to Dr Teo for sharing his knowledge with us today on MediTalk and to learn more about Dr Teo and St John of God Hospital Subiaco, visit sgog.org.au. If you feel this podcast episode can help a friend or a family member, please share, as sharing knowledge empowers our lives and the lives of others. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a minute to write a quick review on Apple Podcasts. To listen to more episodes of MediTalk, visit meditalk.com.au and if you have any medical conditions you would like to learn more about, please send me an email via danae at meditalk.com.au. Stay well and thank you for listening.